If it's time for you to get your finances in order, SamePage Insurance can help. Go to SamePageInsurance.com today to get started. SamePage Insurance, preparing you for the next chapter. Welcome to Breaking Bread. I'm Terry Page. Bonds for Liberty has been around for only a short time, but they appear to be making quite an impact on the election cycle. According to their website, their mission is to fight for the survival of America by unifying, educating, and empowering parents to defend their parental rights on all levels of the government. But the group has been without opposition. To give us more insight on their origins and some of the challenges the group faces is Moms for Liberty National Director, Tia Bess. Tia, welcome to Breaking Bread. Hi, Terry. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Tia, could you give us some background uh, to Moms for Liberty, such as when and why it got started and where you located? You know, Moms for Liberty was started by two moms that served on the school board, Tina Deskovich and Tiffany Justice. They were school board members and they saw behind the educational curtain. So they decided to let other parents know what exactly was going on in their schools. Fantastic. Yeah, well, the message is certainly getting out. Like I said, it's only been a short time and you guys just stay in the media. As a matter of fact, you just wrapped up your summit in Philadelphia uh, where you had some heavy hitters. Uh, governor Ron DeSantis, former governor and UN ambassador Nikki Haley, entrepreneur Vivek Ramswamy, and former President oh, President Donald Trump were part of the yes. guest list. What was the purpose of the summit going in and did you accomplish your goal? The purpose into our son. We are parents. We have a voice. And if you take care of the parents, you take care of the vote. You know, we don't want just a politician that's not going to hold our elected officials accountable. We want someone that's going to listen to the voice of the parents. So the thought process is up to this point, the, the parents really weren't being heard? Oh, yes. 100%. Parents were not being heard. You know, and I speak by my own experience for myself. My son was five years old. He couldn't wear a mask and a face shield and go to school because he's autistic. And it was a really tough time for me knowing that he was a lip reader. That's gotta be tough. If your son's a lip reader and he can't see their lips, that has gotta be quite challenging for him, I'm sure. Yes, it, it was such a difficult time during COVID and just trying to help him figure out life and. For a while, he was just excluded from society because everyone wore a mask. Tio, so as I mentioned earlier, um, there's, there's guys are getting a lot of press, uh, a lot of negative press too from the from the mainstream media. You hear uh, reports of uh, quotes from Hitler, and they labeled you as a hate group. And you just had this uh, summit, from what I can see, was it was pretty successful in in terms of uh, attendance and enthusiasm. What would you say is the political makeup of the members of Moms for Liberty? And why do you see, why would you say that the media is coming after you so hard? Moms for Liberty is a nonpartisan organization. You know, my mom's with Moms for Liberty. She's a Democrat. You know, you got libertarians, you have no party affiliations. You know, it's like we're a collaboration of parents who want to speak up for our kids. These are nonpartisan issues. Your kids can't read. It doesn't discriminate if you're Republican or Democrat. You know, we're trying to link parents together. We're trying to unite and empower parents. That's our main goal. 
Yeah, that's true. If you can't read, you you can't read. So what about the media? Why are they coming down on you guys so hard? Well, you want the truth, Terry? Hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> They're afraid of us. You know, in the media and even in some of the comments, I'm called a racist. I'm called a white supremacist. I'm called a bigot. I'm called a house Negro. I received so much negative comments because I'm speaking up for the truth. I started speaking up for my son way before we were talking about books and bathrooms and any of this, you know? So because we're causing unity and we're uniting parents from different backgrounds, of course they want to give us negative press and stop us. You listen to Breaking Bread. With us today is Bonds for Liberty National Director Tia Bess. Tia, it's been said that if parents don't want their children to read certain books, they can make the decision to have their children read something else. However, this doesn't appear to be the case in Montgomery County, Maryland, where hundreds of uh, interfaith parents, including Christians and Muslims, rallied outside Montgomery County Public Schools headquarters. What are your thoughts regarding the Montgomery County School Board not offering an opt-out option on LGBTQ curriculum? Honestly, I believe that parents should have the right to opt out. Only you know if your child is ready to handle that information or not. You know, that's not up to the schools. We used to have to sign permission slips just to take sex education class. Now it's more complicated. Parents should have the right to opt their children out of these programs. Apparently the school board had a different perspective, hence the protest. On your Joyful Warriors podcast hosted by co-founder Tiffany Justice, she had guests uh, Dr. Chloe Carmichael, who spoke on, quote, how woke culture is psychologically impacting kids, close quote. Based on the conversation we had today, Tia, if society continues down its current path, how will your grandchildren be affected? That's a good question. <laughs> Listen, I have been watching our society decline for the past 30 years. All this happened around the, the late 70s, early 80s, and 90s during the crack epidemic and all of this. And you started to see a fall in the respect of parents. Parents' rights were taken away as soon as the 1-800-CHILD-ABUSE phone number came up. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I remember my brother trying to use the phone and call 1-800-CHILD-ABUSE because he didn't want to do the dishes on a rotary phone. <laughs> parents are tired and by them the, the kids don't fear God they don't respect their parents they don't respect authority they don't respect their teachers we're on a pipeline straight to a lawless society where no one has a moral compass we had a lot of debate when I was in school and I was really big on the debate team and even then I was really into politics. And I remember one of the debates that we had was about whether or not to have prayer in school. And at that time it was, hey, let people decide, you know, let's let's not have God in the schools or whatever. And I'm bringing this up because I know at the summit there was a lot of reference to the constitution, a lot of reference to God. And I'm not seeing that taught in school these days i'm seeing other conversations come up not about the history and not about where 
where we came from or where we need to go, but there's all these other conversations. So based on what you're telling me, it sounds like that fabric of society is eroding because you're taking rights away. Now, I'm not trying to put words about but I'm just trying to make sure this based on this conversation today is that is that kind of in the line with Moms for Liberty is talking Well, you about. know, you regardless of what faith you choose to practice, because I have a mixed family, I have family that's Muslim, you know, I have family that's Jehovah's Witness, I have family that's Christian, I have family that's Catholic, my family's blended. But at the end of the day, faith is a guiding principle. You, you know, you, you need that belief in a higher power. You need that faith. I mean, it's never failed me. So I think a lot of this goes back to the home. Before we send our kids to school, we are their first teacher. Before, before pre-K and kindergarten, it's up to us. So I think a lot of it goes back to our responsibility and our roles as parents. We've been asleep at the wheel, and this is the result. You guys uh, had a tweet and on it, it said, um, we do not co-parent with the government. And I believe that thread was because they were saying that mm -hmm. when the child is in the school, the child belongs to them. And then when the child is returned, the child belongs to you. And and mm -hmm. I believe that that was not agreed upon no. by. <laughs> no, you know, it. I know my child better than anyone else. And I think a lot of parents, regardless on whether you support the mission of Moms for Liberty, whether you like Moms for Liberty, you can agree, we can all agree, that no one knows your child better than you. I know when my child's being truthful. I know when my child's hurt. I know when my child is sick. I can just look at my kids and I know what's wrong with them. So how can the school say that they know better? How can the school uh, keep secrets from me between my child and me? That's, there's no secrets between adults. My child should be able to come to me and talk to me about anything because I gave birth to that baby, not the government. What happened historically when Miles for Liberty was getting underway? I'm not sure when you joined in, but what were some of the other deciding factors that prompted you to get on board? So I joined Moms for Liberty when they were babies, <laughs> April 2021. And for me, I was going online, neighborhood question page, like, you know, you have a neighborhood watch page and I was curious and I'm thinking, why aren't the kids back in school yet? My son needs speech therapy, occupational therapy, behavioral therapy. He's not getting services. He's autistic. I don't know what to do. What's going on? And I started asking a lot of questions. I started asking questions at the school. I started asking why weren't they honoring my son's IEP, which is a legal, it's a legal binding document. You know, why wouldn't you mainstream him unless I sent him to school in a mask and a face shield and he already has sensory issues. So it was just a combination of so many things and being the only person who looked like me with my color skin standing up at a school board meeting speaking up. And and I've had other parents who had special needs kids come to me and tell me, thank you for fighting. Thank you for advocating for our kids who read libs or who can't physically wear a mask. Thank you. So that was my fuel to my fire is just to keep on fighting because everyone needs a voice.
I noticed there's been a lot of movement on the part of Moms for Liberty where you've taken more control in terms of who is on the school board. Do you expect this trend to continue? I mean, I'm going to break, I'm going to give you a common example. There's a state bill that's trying to be passed in New York where kids can receive medical care for sexually transmitted diseases. If I were on a school board, I would have a problem with that. How do I know that this child isn't allergic to antibiotics? And I go treat them behind their parents' back and give them antibiotics. Their parents come home and give them something. And you can kill that child when the medications interact. People aren't looking at the bigger picture. This is why you have a distrust of the school system from parents. There's, there's a distrust. There's a broken relationship. And we're trying to fix it by introducing people who have that passion for parents who want to know what's being taught in their kids' school, what their kids are reading, what the teachers are doing. Those are our kids. Are they not telling the parents this medication is being administered? Well, this is a bill that I saw that was coming up, but that's just a prime example of what can be taught. You know, what can happen to your child? Well, that brings me to a point. Um, there was a Washington Post piece from December uh, referencing parents speaking out against uh, a novel describing oral sex between two teenage boys. The author of the book says he never intended for the book to be placed in school libraries. Where's the line drawn when it comes to educating children? Do we let all books in, certain books? If it's the latter, who would make that determination? Well, we, we can go there about these books. Uh, I've been to school board meetings with books that were in my daughter's school. I have an issue with my daughter, and there's, and there's no educational purpose behind this. I have an issue with my daughter reading books about how to perform oral sex in detail. And she's in middle school. I have a problem with that. And if you can't read it out loud, why is it okay for a child to read it? If it breaks law by being sexually exciting, why is it okay to introduce it to prepubescent minors at an early age? Hasn't our country seen enough of what early sexualization of kids does? I mean, haven't we seen enough with STDs, with AIDS, with prostitution? It, the list goes on. We have to stop it right where it begins at. And um, I'm not saying that these books can't be read, of course, if you want to read them, you want your child to read them, that's fine. Take them to Barnes & Noble, the public library. But our taxpaying dollars pay for this. Taxpayers don't know that there are books out there telling minors to join Grindr, which is an adult sex app. That I have an issue with. And I'm sure that a lot of parents would have an issue if they knew exactly what their kid, what was available in the libraries. And, and that's just it. If the parents knew, how did we get yes. here? We just had a conversation, the, the difference in the progression. So how did we get from, well, when I was in school, it was all about, you know, math and reading. And now we're having a conversation about middle school and talking sex. How did we get from point A to point you B? You know, what Terry, happened? I asked myself the same question. And I, I know as it didn't happen overnight. And it's not going to go away overnight. Anytime you got a question or something seems suspicious, I just follow the money. And I want to know who's receiving money 
to put these books in the school? Who's getting the kickbacks? Because obviously, I want to know the statistical data for teenage pregnancy and STDs once these books came into the school system. We have a problem with our society now. Okay. Tia, before we go, what would you say is next for Moms well, for Liberty? <laughs> that's great that you asked that. So um, I love my urban communities. I love my rural communities. And what's next is that we're going in. We're going in with boots on the ground to educate parents. You know, look at the data for uh, black kids in the USA for the literacy rates. We're low and their schools are taking money to make sure that these kids can be educated. Well, you know what? We're going to educate the parents. We're going to give parents resources so that they can get their kids caught up and, and do our best to let parents know that they have a support system. Atia, if people have any additional questions or they just want more information, where should they go? Well, if you want more information about Moms for Liberty, don't believe the fake news. Go to our website, momsforliberty.org. You can learn how to start a chapter or you can find a chapter in your area. You can also send me an email at tia at momsforliberty.org. Very good. Tia Bess, National Director of Engagement at Moms for Liberty. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Breaking Bread is a production of Artists for the People. Follow us on Twitter at Breaking Bread 101. That's break, the letter N is November, bread 101. Or catch us on Instagram, Breaking Bread Podcast. Check us out on Facebook or visit our website, breakingbread.biz. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Breaking Bread 101. Give us a listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts app, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme music was composed by Ludwig van Beethoven. Breaking Bread was created by Terry Page. Success is when opportunity meets preparation. Until next time.